are listening to A Quiet Mind. A Quiet Mind is brought to you in part by listeners like you. If you like what you hear, consider donating today by visiting aquietmind.com forward slash donate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Quiet Mind podcast. I'm Robert. I'm your host. And I'm happy to be back here in the studio after a few months and uh, needing to report possibly on my absence. Um, I do believe in a nice transparency and honesty here. And um, there are many times that I've gotten on a topic that I thought that, um, that I needed to work on a little bit more before I could really talk more about it. And the topic we were on was um, following your heart's passion, following your heart's desire. And I interviewed some very interesting people. And I've, I've only put up one pod, podcast, the one we did with Jonathan Mead from Illuminated Mind. And, and then there was uh, just, you know, a stop. I, was, I, didn't, I didn't put any more up. And uh, uh, didn't really know why. And when this occurs, what, what I do is I come to a stop when uh, I may be faced with a lot of different concepts or ideas or feelings erupting from my mind that may be confusing me or may be leading me down, you know, one certain path of, you know, understanding and uh, allowed myself some time to reflect and ended up in a very interesting space of just really truly being in the moment and allowing everything to be as it is. And then coming from that stillness, learning how to recognize between compulsive thoughts or conditioned thinking, reactions from habitual conditioning, fear, habit, any kind of excitement, and really going on a a journey, an inner journey, to finding out What's the difference between my heart and my mind? And is my heart really, truly speaking to me at any time? Or is it all just thoughts, thinking, mind? I've read some interesting studies that say that most of our thoughts are repetitive thinking nonsensical thought. We're thinking the same thing over and over and over again. We're listening to the same story. We're buying into that story. We're adding to that story. We're churning things around. And I saw, yes, I do this. You know, we all do this. And then I saw, but there were great moments where I was not experiencing this. And a lot of those came in the practice of a sitting meditation and over sometimes long courses of sitting with a group in a setting where meditation was done about seven or eight hours a day. 
and this allowing me the opportunity to see, you know, my mind, to study myself with myself. And on this journey of self-study, I realized some very poignant things, some very deep things. And instead of saying these are the truths that are coming from me and I'm reporting them to you and uh, you should do these things, I would rather come at this from the aspect of, you know, a street sign that's kind of pointing the way. So what does this have to do with my heart's desire? Well, my heart's desire, I had thought for a long time, had been to do this podcast and services and products that were connected to that uh, as my livelihood, as my career. I felt guided but to uh, serve and to help. And this guidance came quite a few years ago, right about when I started this podcast. I was working for a really big company, and one day I had a very profound, life-changing moment from an email that a listener had sent, and it, it struck me so hard that I really had to take a look at where I was putting my time and effort and energy, and uh, did that make any difference? Um can I still serve? Can I still help? Can I do what my heart is telling me to do? Or do I have to do what I think I have to do? So this journey began quite a while ago. And before I was working for this large company, I was doing a lot of uh, meditation in a, a very remote place. And while I was there, I had some, some deep and powerful insights one of them being very life-changing. And when I had this insight, things were extremely clear to me. There was no, no longer any questions or any black and white. And since then, walking on this path or taking this journey, I needed to kind of unpack or understand what happened. And unpack or understand what's the difference between what everyone else is telling me, what I hear in my mind, what society wants me to do, what parents want me to do, what spouse, what friends, what teachers, etc., etc., looking for all of these answers outside of myself, including answers of a spiritual nature, and uh, also investigating deeply a lot of these spiritual practices to sort of take the scales away from the eyes, if you will, to gain more understanding. And since then, I've been wanting to share this with you, but um, didn't think that the timing was right. So now I'm sitting here in my studio. I have recently quit my day job to, once again, commit myself 100% to a quiet mind and whatever that means. To just show up, to follow my heart's desire, my passion, or what I would like to call my inner guidance or wisdom. I've sat long enough and understood quite a bit. 
there is definitely in my realm of understanding a easily definable pointer as to whether or not I'm hearing something from my mind and thoughts and, you know, memories and habitual thinking and repetitive thinking or worry or stress or fear. That there is a point that can be reached that a lot of us have experienced where, and we may experience this throughout the day or in a meditation practice or even when maybe you're gardening or taking a shower or going for a walk or you know, whatever, it may just crop up. It can happen. There can be this spontaneous awakening to that which is really true for us, the individual. This experience of our own inner truth. And this came to me as I was practicing meditation what came to me was that the defining moment that I had had this six, almost seven years ago, that I should uh, listen to my heart or listen to my guidance, this inner wisdom, had come full circle after, you know, all these years. And in that moment, I saw that this inner guidance or inner wisdom is our is our birthright and i've spoken of this before and it's something that we have always had not only that to go a step further it is what we are so beyond our thinking mind our thoughts our memories our desires wants and needs beyond the me the mind and the i here in our heart, or even in our gut, you can say, there's, a, there's another level of consciousness going beyond all the mind noise and the, the, the mental cacophony is this opportunity to stop where we are and just simply breathe and notice our breath. And the more often that we do this, the more we experience the space that we have between the thoughts. And we can witness this. We can witness these spaces between the thoughts that we're having. And maybe during the day, even when you're not doing a particular practice, you may have this overwhelming feeling of joy or excitement or wonder for no reason at all. So, so what is that? In my experience, that is our true self. And that is the, the heart. So in defining that and looking at that for many years, to have that experience for myself, so that the next time that I took a step, there would be a moment or a day or an hour that I knew that the next step that I was going to make would be into that consciousness rather than coming from the conditioned mind that I could take a step into the unknown. This, and that's this 
inner step into trusting our ourselves for what is our tr- what, what what's our truth what we should be doing and really what's what's out there for everyone and and probably most of you that are listening here is that there's a point that you reach where maybe you have everything it is that you think you need monetarily there are some of you out there like that maybe not all of us and you've reached this level where you have completed everything you've reached all these goals and you're still feeling this discontent and and i see it as a a lack of wholeness because when you see that there is this void there is a tendency to want to do something to fill it and there's there's many different things we do one of the things to fill the void or distract from the void is to drink or to do drugs or to just immerse yourself in television and what we're getting a lot of right now and and the irony is you're probably doing this right now listening to this podcast is we we got things stuck in our ears all the time and it, it's nice that you're listening to this because well at least in some way we're discussing that it's not like you're getting a barrage of distracting sound don't forget to take off your your earplugs and look up and join in with the rest of them the rest of you every once in a while that being said looking at this fact that there is a void or there is this discontent that this is a, simply a manufacturer of the of the mind again this is just again just thinking just thoughts whether or not we obey these thoughts is wholly up to us if the thoughts sometimes the thoughts tell people to do things like hurt themselves and we would say well you you really shouldn't do that and it's a very it's a very obvious it's it's very graphic and it's very easy to understand but there's this subtlety to the to the to the arising thoughts i i i'm i'm not feeling complete i feel like there's something missing you know, I have all of this and all of that, but I still feel this. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know, empty and I just, I'm not content. And just the, the recognizing of the fact that that is an arising thought. Step one. There's a moment and an opportunity when a thought arises that if in awareness of that arising thought, we don't put a hook into it and drag it up from the depths and begin to create a dialogue around it that it will just pass it will it'll just go away and it's very simply put if you're looking to be content or happy or peaceful or feeling whole you're going to have to drop the whole concept that something from the outside is going to fill that gap. Something from the outside is going to complete me. If I get this, then I'll feel content. If I get married and have two kids and a car and a house, then everything's going to be fine. You know, I'm lonely. I'm by myself. If somebody else were in my life, I would feel better. You know, I, I weigh too much. If I lose some weight, then I know I would feel a lot better. I wouldn't feel so unhappy. 
I wouldn't feel so stressed out if I didn't have so many things to do. There's an invitation that's, that's there on the table right now, again, to just stop and see or imagine what would happen or how would it feel if you no longer had these thoughts about your life and what it's lacking or what it needs, what it desires, what it wants, what must be done in order for you to feel X, Y, or Z. Be honest with yourself. If the thoughts stopped, what would that feel like? So here's, here's the opportunity. Understand that there's thoughts that arise. Understand that there is one that engages with the thoughts and creates more of a story around it. Unfortunately, we've also tagged this thing that engages with the thoughts as me, Robert, as you, whoever. That's me. That's what I want. That's, that's what I need. That's what fulfills, will fulfill me. So this comes to what I like to refer to as the dissolving of the concept of self. So basically, going back to some other podcasts, self, we can see before self as little baby, we came in pretty whole and complete, happy. When we needed something, we cried. When we wanted something, we probably cried. But we were pre-conscious. We didn't have this evolved brain, a concept of me, mine, I, a concept of Robert separate from Joe, a concept of Robert's stuff, Joe's stuff, a concept of around preferences, I hate uh, broccoli, <laughs> and I seek pleasure and avoid pain. And this is this constructed self. So how do we dissolve constructed self? Now, we must have a series of podcasts on that. But the easiest way is to experience what it's like to no longer identify with self-Robert as want, need, desire, as me, mine, and I. And understand self-created is only thought. Just like a thought that you have, oh, I wish I had chocolate right now. I want chocolate. Yes, chocolate. It's, it's the same thing. And, and the reason why we have such a good, firm identification of this and we really believe the illusion that we are that idea is because we constantly refer, it, refer to it all day long. And, you know, we're having this inner dialogue with ourselves and constantly reaffirming, that's the word that I want, that there is a Robert, that Robert needs stuff, and if he doesn't have those things, he's going to be unhappy. Yeah, I know, this might be a big leap, but that's where it all is. It's this awakening to who we truly are. So back to where we started, heart, heart's desire, heart mind, and understanding that what arises from that place in us that we were born with, this joy, this bliss, this, you know, no separate self, no needing anything, no, no trying to figure it all out, no needing to change. What if there's nothing to know, nothing to get, 
nothing to understand, nothing to change. There's just nothing to do right now. Let's do that. I'm watching my clock here. Let's do nothing quietly for just the next minute. So that's what we did. We did nothing. And I'd like to encourage you, instead of thinking that you have to really practice that meditation, you know, I had a class the other night, I'm doing classes here in uh, Los Altos at a bookstore called, well, it's more than a bookstore. It's also a place where you can go for, um, different types of uh, interactions with people around, um, you know, transformational stuff that we're doing. And I came in, as I always do, not knowing what I'm going to say, sat down, was quiet enough in that moment to let there be this arising of something not from the mind that just said, let's pretend we're meditating. We're not actually meditating, we can pretend Sometimes there's just too much pressure around uh, meditating, I think. This can drop in on you uh, while you're walking your dog, you know, while you're washing your hands, while you go to the bathroom. And even to use the phrase drop in on you is kind of funny because it would be more like uh, bursts from you would probably be a better way to put it. And the thing that I'm talking about is... um, not anything, you know, it's not really even anything mystical or special. I think that we're so far removed from the natural state of being that we've put it up on a pedestal that is unreachable for the average Joe, Jane. Enlightenment, awakening, whatever you want to call it, Satori. Um, wow, you know, we've, we've really put it up on a pedestal up there. It's, we're never going to get there. You know, maybe there were a few that made it, you know, but, uh, I'm not going to be one of those. And, uh, you know, certainly I'm not going to be able to achieve that. And I think that it's dropping in or bursting from us 
all day long, all the time. Just notice those little moments when it happens. See them. Study, study the self. Study the mind with the self. Study with the, the scientist part of your mind that doesn't judge or think or condemn. Just the one that is witnessing. And you can call this whatever want you want. It's consciousness. Um, and there are many supposed levels of consciousness. And uh, many connections between those levels of consciousness to tell us where we are along the spiritual path of growth. Or we can all throw that out. I, I like the one, the one thing that I heard. It might have been... Eckhart Tolle quoting someone else. There was a question, I think, to a spiritual master. Master, how do we know if we're progressing on this path, that we're getting this thing, this spirituality, this awakening or whatever? And I, I believe he said, um, uh, you'll know by the fact that you're there's less thinking, a lot less thinking. And that's pretty much what I've observed. No thinking, quiet mind, happy heart, and living from this space of stillness rather than just having the outsider's look of it. And again, breaking down those barriers that we think there's something we actually have to do to be able to see this. It's simpler than that. You all have it. You were born with it. It's right there. It's as close, like I say, it's as close as your next breath. And you experience it all the time. And I know I sound like a parrot, but I think I, I, I should be a parrot. <laughs> and just keep saying the same things and these same things are stop now with whatever you're doing and notice that you are whole and complete right now in this moment you have everything that you need you are perfection all the things that you're looking for on the outside to change you will never change anything in a permanent way. Embrace the fact that life and things and people and loved ones and pets are, and we are all impermanent. But the other side of that is, is that we are eternally living. I know that may be a hard one to grasp, but just try sitting with it. All the wisdom that you need is inside of you. You know this. You can feel that that is true. Take the opportunity to stop and hear this inner voice of silence that arises from you, that actually guides you. And... In life, being conditioned to thinking that we need to decide everything, and churn everything around, and think things over, 
don't be hard on yourself. These are habits took a while to develop. They may take a while to go away. But if you see, if instead you stop listening to everything I'm saying and try it out for yourself, you can start to see the, the truth that arises from within you. I've said this many times before to a lot of my friends here that are engineers at some of the big companies that I've worked for. And one of the common things people say is, well, then if I don't have all these thoughts and feelings and emotions, then I'll just be a robot. Well, you know, I'll be like a computer. There won't be any fun anymore in life. <laughs> Believe me, there is fun. Believe me, you still do things. You still to all the normal things that you would do. It's just that I myself personally reached this point where I said to myself, up until this point right now, can I be honest with myself and say, am I doing okay? Is, is my life feel whole and complete? Am I, am I happy? Is my mind quiet? Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. And in that investigation, the honesty that arose was, well, it seems like I've made all of these decisions based upon thoughts, thinking, and emotion, because that's how I was taught, how, that's how we do things. Right? We make a list. Which one of these feels right? Which one feels wrong? Well, the one, if you have more rights in the left and wrongs on the right, then you go left. It's all, you know, emotional and, and also based on like kind of weights and measures. So I was honest with myself and I said, well, that kind of, that kind of thinking kind of got me to where I am right now. I wonder if there's a new way to do this life thing. You know, and one of my teachers uh, who I read for, for a long time and, and devoured a few of his books, and I know I don't mention a lot of teachers because I don't want you to... to you get too stuck on teachers. I want you to, to go in and find your own way. But, but it's good to have the, the guidance and the, and the pointers is, uh, you know, Vernon Howard. And he was, he was a great one at, at pointing about this. Realizing that, you know, everything that's been built up to this point, if it hasn't supposedly brought this thing, everything that it needs which is I, me, and mind, which is the, you know, the thinking mind. Is this a broken system? Is this system not, not a good one? And when I realized that maybe this system wasn't a good one is when I really started to work hard to see if there was another way to live. And this is what, you know, Mr. Howard was always saying was there's a new way to live. And, uh, you know, we can't understand what that is. Like we can't understand that there are, you know, what, exactly it entails when we see a small part of the sky that is seemingly black that has thousands of galaxies in it that we thought previously there was nothing there. It's kind of like that. <laughs> there are new things. We think everything is old, old hat. It's how oh, same old day. Here it comes again. We're going to do this, blah, 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 just like a broken record. But that that's the delusion. The delusion is that 
this mind is creating for itself a safety net where it's experiencing what it thinks is the same thing over and over again because in that way it has some kind of crazy false sense of security that it's real and everything else is real through its experiential filtering which is you know a lot of noise and conditioning and thought and emotion and preference so beyond all that you know and i loved my thinking mind i loved the fact that i was so smart and well read and i decided to drop all that because because i wasn't i wasn't getting the 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 happiness you know and so i i decided to you know acquire all things that may bring happiness still didn't feel happy then i started to let go of all things to feel happier still wasn't happy you don't have to let go of things. You can do that if you want, but you don't have to. You have to just bring the old pointer right back inside. And and the reason it sounds so simple is because it's that simple. And the hard thing for a lot of us to grasp is is the simplicity of awakening. It's the simplicity of enlightenment. How easy it is to really see it. Because we are it, and we're doing it all the time. There are just not enough people saying, hey, you just did it. You just, yeah, there you were. You were there. You were in that, that, that zone of no thought. When you're in that zone of no thought, is there an arising of mind? Yes, it still will arise. There's just no longer, you know, a fisherman putting a hook into every fish thought that arises. That stops. There's, there's no more fishing around for thoughts. What should I do? I don't know what to do right now. Uh, should I do this? I know. I'll make a list of 17 things. And then there, there's, there's no more of that. That ceases. When that ceases, like Mr. Howard said, there's newness. There's a new experience. So in this new experience, everything's new. <laughs> This new experience of no thinking, no chattering mind. This is quiet. So this is an experiment for me. This is a, a spiritual experiment. And I'm, I'm happy that you people are crazy enough to listen to me and join me on the mission of understanding and, and immersing into this experiment. What happens when I go to quiet and I don't think? So I'm happy to be here trying that out for you and reporting from the field to see how things work out. I'm very happy to be doing that. And there is that, the feeling that's arisen now that yes, I feel I am following my own heart's desire, my passion. And the passion is, is to serve, to be here for you the listeners, to be here for other people, to talk about awakening, to talk about the fact that we have everything we need now in this moment. Nothing to add, only things to remove. So if I can be of service to you in any way, I have decided to have office hours, I'm calling them. If you're not following on Twitter, please follow at A Quiet Mind on Twitter. If you're not on the Facebook page, it's Robert Jackson and then A Quiet Mind. You go there because here's kind of how I'm communicating to people 
here's when I'm available. And what I mean by available is this. I have uh, office space where I can meet with people. We can sit down, we can talk, we can go out and have a cup of coffee um, where I can teach you how to meditate if you want with the, the regular meditation classes that I'm giving at Firefly Willows in um, Los Altos, California, Thursday evenings, 6 o'clock. Information will be up on the website. And I'm also doing a um, kind of a co-teaching or a talk with a friend of mine that I just met recently. That's going to be the, tomorrow, actually, hopefully. <laughs> that probably won't reach you because uh, of the posting of the podcast. But she is uh, she runs a nonprofit. Her name is Amy, and she runs a nonprofit called uh, the Center for Sustainable Change. And this is in Palo Alto. Once again, information will be on the website about this. We're going to be recording it, so I'll, I'll put it up. And Amy and I are having some interesting dialogues that we want to share with you. So not to talk too much about that, but just try to inform you that I've stepped into this. I've gotten clear enough on, on, on this inner wisdom, this guidance, to follow, follow my path um, and be here in service to you that listen to A Quiet Mind in any way, shape, or form that I can. And we can, like I said, we can even talk via Skype or I am anything. You can just hit me up. I'll put up all my information and uh, we, can, we can start the dialogue about this. If there's more that you want to know, if there's something you feel stuck on, if you want to talk about podcasting, whatever's on your mind, I'm there for you. So it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, if, you're, if you're behind this mission of A Quiet Mind, which is to be out there to serve, to help people to, you know, on this path of individual awakening, uh, please visit um, the support page and you can do a donation there. We're looking for people of micro, to do micro patronage, a couple of bucks a month, something like that. And also we're putting a pool together to buy some meditation cushions for our class. So if you're into that and you want to help and you want to support in that way, that's great. If you're having a crunch and you don't have a lot of money, contact me, robert at aquietmind.com. There are other ways where you can help us get this out to more people because that's what we want to do. Thank you very much for listening.